All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Stay out! Stay out! Stay out! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a good trail. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikori picked it up, got it back near side of Korea. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 1 of the Daily Face Off podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brock Segan, and with me are the boys. We've got Michael Beeves Bondi and Dylan D. Berthium. Welcome back, boys. New NHL season's upon us. Season 5 of the podcast. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. It's good to be back. Um, you know. Feeling great. Yeah. Vocals got a rest. Uh-huh. Came back, uh, come back stronger than ever, actually. That's yeah. The you look good. Yeah. You know, uh, really been working on that summer glow up. <laughs> um, it's a white girl summer and I'm just living in the middle of it. <laughs> I was looking the other, or like this morning, we had a bunch of people listen to the podcast like in the last week and, and month. And I'm like, oh, people are getting fired up. We should probably... Uh, turn out an episode here. We got a people bunch of people are using us for, uh, to <laughs> fall asleep every night just to the sound of our 
sweet voices. <laughs> so many in the last month. Like our last episode is just blowing up because people are just clicking. Like, is this new yet? Is this new yet? It's not. But this one is. Yeah. Thanks We're, for the clicks, though. Appreciate yeah. that eagerness. I'll tell you that. We're back. Uh, obviously, a lot to get to on the first episode back. Uh, we didn't do anything all summer pretty much so uh what we're gonna do we, are we did stuff we are researching <laughs> yeah. what we're gonna do throughout Great this episode, episode is, all summer is go through all the big trades that happened this summer all the big free agency signings kind of just a primer uh for what we're gonna get to in the next month and a half uh when we really get into the juice of the fantasy but uh before we talk about you know how many points you guys gonna put up we should probably let you know what team he actually plays for this season so it's um, big real big <laughs> let you know it was a big offseason by NHL standards. I mean, it's not a, not an NBA offseason, but a lot of big... percent of the leagues weren't free agents. <laughs> no. It's not. A lot of big-name trades, uh, a lot of big-name signings uh, to, to get to here. So why don't we start with the trades first. Uh, one of the biggest trades of the offseason, Phil Kessel got traded from the Penguins to the Coyotes. Uh, the full trade was Phil Kessel, Dane Burks, whoever that is, a 2024th to the Coyotes. Alex Galchenyuk and Pierre Olivier Joseph to the Penguins. Uh, obviously, D, you being a, a big Leafs fan, you were a Kessel guy for many years. Yep. Uh, what does Phil Kessel bring to the Coyotes? Uh, well, he gives them a player to kind of feature around, right? And uh, that's not really the role he was filling in Pittsburgh. Um, Someone who could score more than 20 goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, exa- exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, but I mean, Kessel, you know, he's consistently shooting between uh, 200 and 250 shots every single season. Um, and he should see his uptime or his ice time to go up this year because he, you know, he's obviously going to be heavily featured on that team. Uh, he's playing around 18 minutes a game last year. He should be up around 19 this year. Uh, could flirt with 20. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that ice time gets allocated out there. Um, but he's a guy, you know, you can really uh, build uh, an offense around, specifically uh, on the power play, right? Uh, and he wasn't really used that way in, in Pittsburgh. He he was to a degree. He was kind of one of the quarterbacks. Um, but I think he's going to pair really nicely with with Ekman Larson. Uh, he's obviously not really the the one T, you know, half clap, top chad type of guy. Um, but he can uh, kind of like Austin Matthews yeah, on the power play for the Leafs. Yeah, exactly. He's going to walk off the wall, yeah, exactly. the wall uh, and basically just do the read option, right? If the, if the shot's the best option, he'll take it. Uh, if there's a pass open that he can throw across the seam, he's going to go cross seam. And if there's nothing there, he can just curl back and hold puck and uh, dish it to Ekman Larson up top. So I think you look at uh, him, Ekman Larson, Keller on the power play, um, and we could actually be looking at some half-decent power play production out of the Coyotes, uh, which is something that would boost a lot of their fantasy players because it's obviously been an issue with them in the past yep. uh, you can only do so much at even strength you mean we're uh, not going to have to they're not going to have to rely on brad richardson to get it all done yeah. brad absolutely ridiculous that he was their top scorer with 19 <laughs> it was uh, uh well he had like five in one game right yeah but five yeah. or four that'll four. help four four we could see That's um it. kessel i think obviously i think we're going to see his assist numbers fall back uh down to earth you know 58 55 the last the secondaries from ripping shots that just Malkiner, yeah, Crosby, Crosby pick up, yeah. but you know, thirty-seven goals in twenty twelve, uh, thirty-seven goals in twenty fourteen, uh, playing on Leafs teams that hovered around five hundred. Uh, you know, the Coyotes, I think, could be marginally better than yeah. that this year. Uh, Almost and a I think we could see Kessel. Year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, it took a, a strong second half to get there. And now, hopefully, if they get off that's the right something foot, to remind you guys of. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people forgot. Yeah, yeah. they're right there. Yeah, and Darcy Phil wasted, Kemper got red hot. Yeah. Yeah. Phil wasted a lot of time last season on the third line with Derek Broussard mm-hmm. when he was still in Pittsburgh too. Uh, after Broussard left, he was pretty much uh, exclusively playing with Malkin on yep. the second line, uh, which obviously you know is pretty ideal. But Phil ended up with just 215 shots in a full 82 games. Uh, last season. Low for Phil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you know, really it was like the second lowest across the full season. Uh, I guess third lowest, but uh, the the lowest since his uh, second uh, year in the league. His rookie year he had 170, uh, and his second year he had 213. Every other year he was uh, above at least 229 shots, save for the lockout year. So yeah. uh, there was a real dip in shots for Phil last year. Uh, but yeah, Brock, you talked about it. He had to serve as, or he ended up serving, I guess, as more of a facilitator on yeah. the Penguins team. Uh, which, well, even when you just look at his ice time, yeah. I mean, he averaged 18-15 uh, during his four years in Pittsburgh, during his six years in Toronto, averaged 19-45. I yeah. think we're going to see his ice time a lot closer to his numbers exactly. in Toronto. And, and that's because the extra minute and a half of Phil Kessel on the ice, um, obviously, well, fantasy-wise, yeah, yeah he should have a big year. Especially I mean, when it's, uh, it's, he's going to be put in the offensive situation. Yeah. So they're not going to be, you know, dependent. But I mean, I, I think like really what it, it does is just help him get back to like that level that he was at with Pittsburgh yeah. because he's not going to have the same surrounding cast. I think he's going to be a huge sleeper this year. Yeah, Maybe not sure. huge, but, but I think, yeah, probably huge. I think people, you're right, are going to see how he's with Arizona. Yeah, he's not going to put up that. the same amount Phil's of points old, as he did in, blah, blah, blah. in Pittsburgh. But I think the the uptick in ice time should help mitigate kind of the yeah. loss. I think the points cast. will be down because uh, he's not going to be as big of a facilitator on that team. Yeah. Hopefully he realizes he needs to shoot more on Arizona than he did in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we should see the shots back up and the goals should be up. I, so like I say, the points will probably be down, uh, but the goals should should uprise. So if you're and in a league like, yeah. that values goals uh, above assists, uh, which plenty of leagues do, uh, then Phil could be a bit of a sleeper this year. This guy has 10 straight 20-goal seasons, so it's not like he doesn't know how to put that puck in mm-hmm. the net. Um, 10 straight is actually ridiculous when you think about it. Um, 20 goals is not something to scoff at. And that also just goes to show um, Phil's actually a, like, a model of health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Hasn't that, missed a game since 2010. Crazy that you know he gets ripped on for all this uh, physical stuff, but... Um, you know what? Turns out, shows up. So it's gonna bode well for him in fantasy, I think. Let's hope this extra usage doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't hurt the Iron Man, Phil Castle. I don't know if he gets there, but averaged three hundred six shots per game during his six years in Toronto. Get back to that Phil Kessel shooting rate. Get to two eighty. Yeah. We'll, I mean, uh, he was also sexy Phil. He was also in his prime years when he was oh, in Toronto. Oh, sure. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's gonna get <laughs> yeah. there. But if you get, like you said, legs. I think two eighty five. You get up. Close anywhere close to there, Phil scoring you know thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Get those pity assists too, like I talked about those those bounce back rebounds if he's taking shots like that. Yeah, um, the only thing is uh, entering his age thirty two season, yeah. so decline probably going to start creeping in for Kessel. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch as well. All right, quickly, does Talk Phil score thirty plus this year? Yeah, deep. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think he he rides that line. It'll be close. Yeah, I think thirty two. Um, if he stays like healthy, I think he does. Um, which will be if yeah. he thirty two. That's a thirteen it'll, it'll goal be, upgrade on. Yeah, the, uh, his first last year, his first month or so will be really telling. If the shots are up, um, then yeah, I think yeah. you could definitely expect him to crack thirty goals. If he's looking at more around that uh, low two hundred pace, it could be tough for him to get there. He probably need a uh, you know a high shooting percentage year, kind of get a little bit lucky. Um, so we'll have to monitor the first few weeks and see uh, how those shot totals look. Just you know, Franny fits right in there. Like a big, a glove, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, Clayton Keller get back to more of the player he was in his, his rookie season. Uh, uh, still, what, 21? But super young. Yeah. We got, uh, you know, if those two play well, Stefan obviously been really good. They need some other younger guys to step up. Uh, but let's go look at the other side of the puck here. Uh, Galchenyuk goes to Penguins. Uh, you know, whether or not he slots in with Crosby... Or Malkin uh, on the left wing, or he plays uh, the third line center. Uh, right now, I haven't projected to play with Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Nick Bukestad showed to be pretty uh, serviceable in the third line role for them last year, so I think that's where he'll start. Uh, obviously, whenever you get to play with Evgeny Malkin, maybe this is um, just what Galchenyuk needs to kind of revitalize his career. What do you guys think about Galchenyuk going to Pittsburgh? 
Um, I think he's he's just it's just a work that it, it, it's not quite broken goods, and it's it's going to be a work in progress for Pittsburgh. This is a one-time thirty goal scorer. He's only twenty-five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how Pittsburgh likes to take a guy, turn him into the player that he should be, and uh, and I, I, they are looking for cheap pieces. He might not quite be that, but it does. I, I do like them bringing him in. If he can return to that thirty goal scorer, it adds a whole different element. Could add oh, a third yeah. line if he if he can do half of that as a third line center for them. That's kind of what they've been looking for for a long time. Um, even still, he plays on the wing quite well. Could ride with Malkin or Crosby. Um, I think it just makes a good Phil piece for them. They clearly had that relationship with Phil. Um, ending overall, I think they kind of got a decent. Decent product out of uh, yeah. Pierre Olivier Joseph's a pretty highly touted prospect yeah. too, so it was a pretty solid return uh, for for Phil Galchenyuk. Obviously, didn't do much uh, in Arizona, but really just got off to a, a terrible start. And never, never really, really found his on, groove, yeah. but still forty one points in seventy two games. Not bad for a guy that played under sixteen minutes a night. If he sees like you know throughout his career, he's only averaged fifteen minutes uh, and thirty seconds. If this guy plays Surrounded by seven, ass, yeah, too. and if yeah. he plays like seventeen minutes a night with with Malkin, I think sky's the limit really for Galchenyuk. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a guy um, That's a third that overall could pick that. Yeah, and I think he he might him. be a little bit overvalued in drafts this summer. It might it might be uh, tough to roster Galchenyuk because I think people are obviously going to you know visit daily face off yeah. and see that he's playing with Malkin and think he's a stud. It's going to be like Hornquist all over again last year. Yeah, exactly. Kind of going a little bit earlier than he needs to, but. Uh, you know, he could definitely return uh, pretty good value, you know, wherever you end up getting him because you never know playing with Malkin. It really could be um, yeah, it could be a steal, it could be a fit. bust. That's yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting one. to see what they did because they were bouncing between Jared McCann and Nick Buchstead filling that third-line center role after the Florida trade last year. Uh, and Galchenyuk's another one of those guys who really seems like a tweener at this point. No one really knows. Uh, I mean, in Montreal, they weren't quite sure they were lean- they were trying to get him to, to evolve kind of into wasn't a, really working a top six center. Um, I and mean, he had that thirty goal season. I uh, was pretty fortunate with the shooting percentage that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arizona, uh, again, he played mostly down the middle, but uh, obviously he got bounced around yeah, a lot. Yeah, started as well. the wing, moved to the middle, mm-hmm. like it just nothing yeah, really. Just never. And again, that was kind of out of necessity it. after the Schmaltz injury yeah. too. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm more interested to see how that ice time gets doled up because uh, there's obviously an extra 18 minutes to go around there with Phil. Uh, but you're also looking at McCann, Bukestad, both only played around 15 minutes mm-hmm. a game last year. Potential to go up there. Uh, Gunsel's obviously going to be the one to assume that power play time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, big time. And then Dominic Cahoon also coming in as well. You would assume he'd some of that top yep. six, top nine winger minutes. For sure. Uh, Teddy Bluger could see an increased role as well. Uh, He's a guy so that I, I could yeah. see also even filling that third line center role if yeah. he plays well uh, out of the yeah. game. The thing about the thing about Galchenyuk and just the Penguins in general, whether it's McCann, whether it's Bukestad, um, you know, whenever they're on those lines, it's great. Yeah. But when they're not, that's when you know their value fl- their value can fluctuate so much from week to yeah. week yeah. that it's hard to really take invest heavily in a guy yeah. like Galchenyuk. It'll be interesting to yeah. You have to keep an eye on daily yeah. faceoff. Not even promoting ourselves at that point but this is where you have to yeah do this McCann's, because... McCann's own percentage is going to go from like 2% to yeah. 35% back like, down to 4 back whenever to... like just on a week to week basis because yeah. he is going to play with Crosby and he is going to be on the third fourth line along. like it's just going to happen someone will grab him in the first week when he starts on Crosby's line and just hold oh, they're going to draft him in like the 8th round <laughs> Hold on to him for the whole year, and by the end of the year, it'll be fourth yeah. line. Yeah. Just, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if anyone's buying into Galchenyuk's stock once the drafts really start kicking up. Uh, for me, I I honestly don't even know if he's worth a late round flyer, uh, just with yeah. the role that's there for him. Depends how uh, deep your league is, I guess. Yeah, but there's just like it's hard to imagine any way 
uh, and where Galchenyuk ends up seeing first power play time. So when you're not getting that on Pittsburgh, your upside's really limited, uh, despite what you saw from Jake Gensel last year, pumping in 40 goals. But yeah. uh, although he wasn't the primary choice, a lot of those guys missed time. So Gensel did end up seeing a ton of power play one time. Uh, but, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting, though. If Galchenyuk ends on that first line, like you said, with Crosby and Gensel, uh, that's okay. obviously somewhere you want to be, right? Yeah. Uh, some, some uh, yeah, you definitely want, want to get a piece of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I In 12-team standard league, standard roster size, uh, I feel like you could find guys with more upside than Galchenyuk at the end of the draft. But uh, it's not a brutal spot or not yeah. a brutal – there is upside there, I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to say. From uh, my end at 25, it's almost yeah, like dual a – Dual position eligibility as like well. like a prospect – in a way, still, he does have that. I mean, 25 is a little late, yeah. but, but this is a, a potential. Yeah, so I mean, the upside's there, but the issue with Galchenyuk has always been the ice time, and I just don't think that's an issue that's going to get solved. Oh, definitely Pittsburgh. not, yeah. It's not you got to, I guess, my last point here on Galchenyuk in Arizona, is... You're not getting in. Exactly. We're only a couple of years removed from a 19-goal, uh, 32-assist season, uh, where he only shot 8.9%, 12.3 throughout his career. So, um, if he's a guy that can, you know, just see an uptick in ice time, even if it's not on the power play, I think he could be uh, a serviceable He's a guy asset. who, uh, if someone goes down in Pittsburgh, he could be getting just a huge role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that could happen anywhere. Yeah, so I, think he's a la- I think he's a late round <laughs> flyer for sure. Um, all right. I made you guys I wait like a little bit on, I I made you guys wait a little bit so on this trade because ah. this is the one uh, that affects both of you guys. Um, we got Toronto acquiring Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot along with a 2026 round pick from the Avalanche in return for Nazem Kadri, Callie Rosen, and a 2023rd round pick to the Avalanche. Um, D, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, the Leafs, only because the Leafs seemingly have been searching to upgrade the blue line for a long period of time, uh, obviously added Muzzin last year, but now they add Tyson Berry um, to a unit that also features Morgan Riley, who is a top uh, five fancy defensemen last year. What does this do for the Leafs as a whole, and what does this do to Barry and Kerfoot's value? I yeah, I, I think Kerfoot um, basically lost any sort of upside he could have had going to the season because he seems like he's really going to be locked into that third line center role. Uh, you know, his usage over the last few years probably couldn't have been much better. Got featured in the top six. Basically, any time that Landis Cog, McKinnon, Rantanen weren't playing together, uh, Kerfoot was on that top line. Uh, and he was, you know, regularly featured on that top power play as well. Yeah. He's just not going to get that kind of exposure in yeah. Toronto. That's where um, the people looking and saying, you know, yeah. he only had two less points than Kadri and he's younger. Yeah. He's coming up. That's where you got to realize yeah. Kerfoot, the usage. Yeah, the utility and the yeah. ability to move up and down the lineup throughout the regular season uh, should injuries occur is an excellent addition in that trade for the Leafs. Uh, it, it was a great compliment yeah. to getting Barry, uh, but it pretty much destroys Kerfoot's fantasy value in, in standard leagues. I can't imagine him being uh, worth rostering over yeah. the full season. It really have to be if the Leafs really ran into some injury trouble. Yeah. He kind of um, is like Galchenyuk if there's an injury in the top six and he moves yeah. up there. Yeah, and um, I mean they got Spezza behind him too now, right? Fill, so Spezza yeah. could always move up to the center, and yeah. Kerfoot could Put play in the, in the wing in the top six yeah. if he needs to. Say if there's an injury to a guy like Hyman yeah. or something. And he like has that. Can wheel Or if there's boys, some like sort of holdout with you know a certain restricted free agent. Agent. Uh, I'm not sure you're talking about he uh, who shall not be named uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean obviously that. the talking point is Barry um, I think the type of defenseman that he is wasn't the the, uh, the most perfect fit for the least but just being a right-handed shot uh, was definitely what they're looking for uh, and you know Dubis has 
showed to be a guy who's really not uh, as worried about addressing his team's weaknesses when he can just bolster their strengths. And certainly adding another puck-moving defenseman uh, with the upside of Barry, uh, it, it's just ridiculous. It's uh, At this point, it's hard to not see why him and Riley wouldn't end up on the top pair together, at least to start. Uh, we know how Babs loves that left-right combo, and now he finally has two legitimate yep. uh guys for that pair who can yeah. fit into those roles for him which um, uh which might just hurt yeah hurt riley a little bit i i think the real thing that that hurts riley is just uh i and barry for that matter is i don't know how that power play time is going to get divided yeah. well that's what i was kind of just going to address i think you'd have to just assume um, i think you that have morgan riley's on the, on the top power play just like last year it seemed to work so well and yeah, they're a team, they're a team though that too, we though. saw so much last year balancing out both units um, you had Jake Gardner averaging 152 per night on the power play. That's only 35 seconds less than what Morgan Riley averaged, yeah. despite Morgan Riley being uh, tremendously better. Yeah, and um, I mean, it really was a flaw in Babcock's coaching style last year because he balanced out the ice time, but he didn't balance out the units, so it really didn't make sense, yeah. right? The, like, the first unit yeah. was front-loaded. The only uh, really, like, it was basically William Newlander when he came back and Jake Gardner in the second unit, and then you're filling it up with Patrick Marlowe and the yeah. likes, right? So... Casper uh, captain, obviously, but it's not. You know, when you look at the talent on that first unit, I think like when you plays. add a guy like I, I think when you add a guy like Kerfoot, that'll help a little bit on the second unit. Um, and then you know, Jason Spezzel, obviously. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. I, I just think that it, I think yeah. at the start of the year, you have to just assume that it's gonna. Be I think bro- there's a real. Up and it's gonna be Riley Barry. There's ha- there's a real good chance that both defensemen end up on the top power play as for well. Sure. Babcock did that for years in Detroit, and when he first came over mm-hmm. to Toronto, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was obviously impossible to justify doing so last season in the last couple of years. But he ran Riley and Gardner a lot his first year too. He could just very easily replace Nazem Kadri, who played a lot of that. I know, yeah, with I, Tyson Berry. Yeah, everyone's assuming Nylander is going to be in there, but uh, you know, it, Babcock didn't seem. Uh, it was know, Janssen a lot. He wasn't last too year. eager. Yeah, he wasn't too eager to give Nylander that first power play time last year. So. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think there's a real chance they end up rocking two defensemen, which is far from ideal uh, when you could just have Barry and Riley each running a unit. Uh, but yeah, I think it really got, cuts into Riley's upside. He was obviously fortunate with the shooting percentage and everything else last year. Uh, so I, I would not expect Riley to top his point mm-hmm. total from last season. Uh, still going to be a premier fantasy defenseman for sure, but he just about had everything break in his favor last year. So it's hard to imagine him getting back to those point totals, and I think Barry only threatens that even further. Yeah. Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Riley, Barry, though. That's a pretty, that's cool, pretty chaotic for his unit. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say, one thing that I have about Barry is this is... The best offensive defenseman Toronto's had in years. Um, no offense to anyone, um, Morgan Riley, you know Thomas Caberlet, any of the boys. The but, snake, um, bro. But realistically, um, Barry is all offense, no defense. Um, I've watched him for years, and it's just it's phenomenal for fantasy hockey because which is great. I actually have him. He's a career high fifty nine point guy, but I actually have him getting closer to sixty five this year, just with all that talent around him. Um, I'm not afraid to admit that he will have a lot more offensive talent than he did in Colorado, even though um, they had the two pieces there. Regardless, him being allowed to just go out full offensive, well, like you said, hurt Barry. I think I think he is gonna have to, or sorry, hurt Riley. I think he is gonna have to kind of watch Barry defensively sometimes, which is he can do. He's gonna be great. It'll work out for the Leafs, but it just doesn't quite help Riley's um, offensive output fantasy wise. Overall, um, I think uh, you know this just kind of boosts what already was a phenomenal offense. Yeah. Real quick, who would you rather own, Riley or Barry? Riley. Riley, just strictly on the fact that he's been there. They're not going to, you know, you can't take that from the guy right away. I'm going with Riley as well. All right, talked about it real quick uh, from a Colorado perspective. Obviously not quite the same names 
going back in terms of fantasy value, but from a real team perspective, obviously adding Nazem Kadri to a team uh, that's already got Nathan McKinnon, JT Comfort down the middle helps a bunch. Uh, Kadri probably boosts his fantasy value um, more than anybody in this trade, I would assume, because I think now he moves more into a second-line center role rather than playing third line behind Tavares and Matthews. Um, D, you're a guy that watched Kadri for years. Uh, what do you think Kadri brings to the Leafs? And then, Beebs, I really want to know how excited you are about having Naz. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Kadri, uh, a very good two-way player. Uh, obviously, a lot of offensive upside as well. I think he should get back probably close to that 30-goal uh, uh, mark that he was uh, so used to hitting in uh, Toronto. Um, and he does have some, you know, potential talent on his wings there with Yosin Birakovsky. Uh, there's some upside there. Uh, you go down the lineup, they picked up Donskoy in the summer. Um, so there are some players to play with, even if they decide to load that front line up again. Uh, and then you pretty much have to assume Kadji will be that fourth forward on the first unit uh, with either Sam Gerrard or Kale McCarr back there. Um, so I, I think it's a real good spot for Kadri. I, you know, I'm not expecting him to go out in top career highs or anything like that, but I, I think he'll get a lot closer to his uh, point totals in Toronto before uh, JT came around. I wasn't saying I was excited. I was. I wanted to go first so that I could get some points out because haven't been able to yet, but that's okay. Um, Nazem, I just Nazem Kadri though. Say like D said, you know, thirty goals, two-time thirty-goal scorer. Um, this trade, it looked like if you're talking about this year, Colorado clearly loses it. Um, but in the long run, you know, contracts, all that fun stuff. It's a great contract for the team going forward. Um, you mentioned it. Fantasy value picks up. I don't think there's much more I could say about it. The reason I started with D is because I know you're going to have a lot to say about this next guy. The guy that it really seems to affect here. And a player that basically made this trade <laughs> doable for Colorado by getting rid of Barry is Kale McCarr. Thrived at the end of last season. I know you're excited about his potential output. How much value does Kale McCarr now have now that Tyson Barry's gone? Well, it opens up a big spot on the uh, PP1 for him, which he should... I, I honestly believe he'll fill, just take all of that ice time that Barry had last year, take that, and then some. We kind of saw it in the playoffs. He started to even impede on it. Um, for for those of you humble. wondering, uh, Barry averaged four minutes a night on the power play last year. Yeah, that's uh, so McCarr, quite a bit. McCarr slides into that first talk about Morgan Riley only getting, what, two, two and a half? That's mm-hmm. a minute and a half more. If McCarr is getting four. Um, but as we love to talk about with rookie defensemen, we haven't seen one that gets over, what was it, 40 points, I believe we were talking with Dallin, mm-hmm. in quite some time. Um, I wouldn't say go crazy on this guy. He's definitely going to be overdrafted. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it only helps him going forward. Uh, McCarr's going, he can, he prove he can do it in the playoffs with 25 minutes of ice. Yeah, and, and at 100%. Least hold his and own. I think that's the one difference. Like, yeah, we saw, you know, Dallin came in highly touted last year. Uh, playing on a shittier team. Um, McCarr steps into a team that's, you know, won a playoff round. They're a good team. Yeah. And he could really do some damage if he's playing, you know, 20 minutes a night. Yeah, that's where that's where he might actually break that, that, that common rookie defenseman plat- wall that they can't get over because he actually is going to have that opportunity with a, a playoff team where a lot of the times with Darlene, like we saw last year, he's playing in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Buffalo, you suck. Um, <laughs> might terrible not, city. Might too. not this year, but um, but yeah, um, as a as a whole, it does definitely make McCarr more intriguing. I think it 
just kind of opens up the ice for for a couple other guys out there. Um, yeah, I think Sam yeah. Gerrard is is a threat for that first power Absolutely, play spot. Yeah. Uh, but you you're right that they're not afraid just to. But even if they t- throw a ton of responsibility yeah, on the car, even if they half and half that four minutes. That's what I was like, just gonna say. So Gerrard averaged two minutes on the power play per night last year. So there's six, there's six of. minutes. If they go three and three, who really cares? Mm-hmm. But I think obviously you're gonna want to be the guy that's on. Uh, the Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantan power play. And with the but same, still same rest, I think if you have a league where you have four defensemen on your team, look at Sam Gerrard as a guy you can get late in there. People aren't even going to be looking at this guy. No, it's going to be like, our first. Drive yeah, who's this 5'9 avalanche dude who... Yeah, and anyways, go for him. He could make a, a nice sleeper, and if not... Um, just drop them. Go pick up whoever's hot. All right. The next trade that we're going to – the last trade that we're going to go really in-depth on before we hit on a couple really quickly, P.K. Subban going to New Jersey. The Devils had an incredibly busy offseason. Uh, you know, you see them adding Jack Hughes, the first overall pick. You add Nikita Gusev, who we'll get to a little bit later. He Wayne can... Simmons. Um, John Hayden in a little bit lesser name. But P.K. Subban, <laughs> obviously, besides Hughes being number one pick, P.K. Subban is a prized possession of the offseason – um, he goes from Nashville to New Jersey. Steven Santini, Jeremy Davies, uh, a 2019 and a 2020 second round picks. Two of them, sorry. I kind of said that weird. Uh, but Subban going to the Devils. Uh, this is a guy that's just no stranger to being moved all of a sudden. So weird. What do you guys think? Beebs, we'll start with you. PK Subban's outlook in New Jersey. Uh, I, I think it kind of just... I don't, I don't really know how to approach it. It's just this team's such a question mark. They, they can be an offensive... Uh, not juggernaut, but they could be very strong offensively, or they could just be a total dud. We came in last year, going to bring up Buffalo again, but having quite high hopes for a team like that, and we kind of saw them falter. Um, PK, phenomenal pickup. One thing that kind of blew my mind while looking at him, this is a guy who really hasn't had an amazing season ever, uh, point-wise. He's only he's hit the other, 59 other than, point, Yeah, other yeah. than 2018 when he put up 59 points. Yeah, I mean, it's 16 point, in 2014, yeah. or 2015. Which really I mean, isn't like elite. I mean, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, that's he, it's great, always it's been not, his goal-scoring, right, from yeah, the back end? Exactly. So been consistent. 11, but yeah, even that, he's only, he's only averaging about 11 goals a game in his career. That's not, you know, yeah. that. But that I mean, consistent double digit goals is yeah. is pretty rare. But for just for what you expect from PK, you know, we're talking a guy who people are looking at going after right after we get off the headmans, after we get off these top D men. I just, I, I, it just, he hasn't put out that output. The big issue me. for Subban is over the last four seasons, the guys averaged 69, 70 games. Yeah, like, exactly. He just can't seem to can't stay healthy, and it's that's with that an 82 game, too. 82 game season. Um, obviously in New Jersey. He is going to be the top defenseman. Yeah. Uh, he's going to battle. He's going to battle with uh, Will Butcher for top power play um, time. I think there's a strong chance that they are both featured on that top power play unit because they also have Sammy Vaughn. I, I don't think it's a battle. I think it's either both of them or it's PK. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I mean. I think like I don't yeah. even. Really Butcher's been running the show for two years now. They've been below average both yeah, seasons. That's so what I think you got to go with PK. Yeah, I mean, Butcher but for will be sure. great for the second power. Play. I just think it's more Get of a thing. They like they're. Offensive defenseman is, is a luxury for them right now. I mean, they've got Vatten too. They've got Sears and all guys that can play um, high quality power play. Uh, Ice time. Subban obviously is elite compared to the rest of them. But I mean, Will Butcher had a pretty quality year last year. Severson had a pretty quality year. Um, do you guys think that this improves Subban's status at all? Obviously, we saw him in Nashville kind of be stuck behind uh, the likes of Roman Yossi first and foremost, but also Ryan Ellis at ah, times as well. Wins are there. Um, so. Do we see Subban get back closer to like the guy he was in Montreal when he was playing 24, 26 minutes a night versus the guy who played 22 minutes a night last year? Yeah, I, I think quite obviously, yeah. right? There, there's obviously a lot more depth uh, of high-end quality talent on that Predators blue line. 
just Ekholm, Yulsi, Ellis to to you know name a few. Uh, even Butcher himself does not play a lot of ice time. I think you know and I just want, yeah, he's basically just a power play specialist. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he had very Here little you know yeah he was like a a, a flyer uh, at best uh, you know yeah. uh, a streaming option last season. I think he pretty much even loses that this year, uh, save for some sort of injury to see absolutely. Pump your plus minus down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Maybe not so much this a guy who can yeah. eat some minutes, though. But aside from that, yeah, I think PK probably uh, it gets a lot closer to that. Is that Butcher just going to sit there and feed the puck for Subban's bombs all, all year? Just though? team up. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm picturing. I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, Butcher spent most of his time on the third period last year, so it'll be interesting to I see. I mean, just in terms they're... of power play, I'm talking. Yeah, no, I still I think there's too much talent up front, though. I, I think they want Paul Mary on that first unit. Well, you're going to have Hughes, you're going to have Paul. Yeah. I think Palmieri probably takes that net Simmons front. has been a power play guy his whole career. Yeah, but I mean, Palmieri's been so good the last few years with that with that team, right? I, I can't imagine him not being there. Uh, and then Heischer's obviously a threat, yeah. too. So. I guess it's just a thing, like, we're, kind of what we're talking about with Toronto, is it, do you want to just load the top unit, or do you have enough talent to really go too strong units? Right. And I think that they have that opportunity. But as a guy who really likes Kyle Palmieri, obviously I'd love to see him on that top power play unit. That'd mm-hmm. be huge. Um, all right, let's get to a couple trades really quickly. Jacob Truba goes from the Ranger, or sorry, from the Jets to the Rangers for Neil Poink and a 2019 first round pick. Um, Truba since signed a deal with the Rangers. Uh, he and you know answers a big question for the Rangers. They were really lacking any quality defenseman whatsoever, anyway, really. Yeah. Um, but now all hey, of a sudden, Tony. all of a sudden now they've Brady got Jacob Truba. Uh, they also Truba. acquired Adam Fox, who had a phenomenal uh, college career. He's going to be in the NHL this year, most likely, and Anthony D'Angelo. Uh, all of a sudden, Tony. they got a really strong, Tony. young right side um, to go along with Marcel. Um And Brady Shea. Yeah. And Brady Shea. But we've got Jacob Trouba now. Uh, he's another guy, similar to P.K. Subban, who, um, in terms of power play ice time at least, was stuck behind the likes of Dustin Bufflin. Um, did play a lot with Josh Morrissey last year, so they were you know a strong top pairing. Always going to be a top pairing defenseman with New York. Um, will he be the guy on the top power play unit, though, or will he be battling with like the likes of D'Angelo and, and Adam Fox? I think he might be fighting with our boy Tony, but I do think Truba is he. This this is their new defensive. Uh, this is their poster boy there. I think I, D'Angelo. I think sorry, I, sorry. I think um, Truba could be like maybe rival um, Ryan Suter this year for yeah. like twenty seven. Oh, absolutely. I think he's like, just gonna eat yeah. eat ice time. And uh, actually, surprisingly nice season last year as much as i was just ripping pk for only getting 60 points in a year um i'm now pumping up truba's 42 points last year 50 points 50 points oh sorry 42 assists is what i'm uh focusing on here that is sexy eight goals um if you can bump that those goals up to the double digit mark you know that's that's nearly 55 points that's that's very very good for your fantasy team i think this is a guy who's gonna drop in drafts quite a bit and some of those you mentioned it's gonna get 27 28 minutes even if, it is, if he plays 28 minutes and yeah. i'll die if he does he the points will be there um regardless it just happens you move that puck up the ice with him being a puck moving defenseman um i really like this trade for his fantasy value as a whole you mentioned yeah. it it only helps him um it's another guy and speaking of the devils getting better this offseason i uh, you know it's hard to not look at at the Rangers getting better. Uh, Artemi Panarin, big sign. We'll get to that in a little bit here. Uh, adding Capo Caco. Yeah. Uh, Vitelli Kravtsov might make the team this year. Uh, and then, you know, Adam Fox as well. So They at least should have a better. good power play with Panarin and now Truba and, you know, a couple Kako's other pieces. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Kako's shot. I mean, you're going to, yeah, this is gonna be should be nice. What do you got about Jacob Truba D? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's unquestionably going to get that first power play time. As much as we like Tony D., 
uh, back there. Alan Quinn they, really they, didn't love him they, as they, much they like for most of the season. Yeah. Shitload yeah, last year. I believe it's because he's like Butcher kind of where it's like, you know, if he's not on the power play, he's not. is not a big fan of him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Troop has obviously proven himself uh, to at least be worthy of an opportunity with that role. Uh, last year was the first season he ever had double-digit power play points, and you saw what it did for his numbers, right? Um, and yeah, it'll be really interesting to watch that Rangers first unit. I, I think they have all the ingredients to really be an effective uh, power play uh, team with the man advantage. So uh, I think he's in a really good spot. Uh, I agree with you guys. I think the usage is going to be really high. I, you know, if Quinn has half a brain, which presumably he does, I, he should just be itching to cut into Mark Stahl's ice time. And, <laughs> well, yeah. and Mark really, Stahl should be playing 12 minutes. Right, well, not. Mark Stahl could really still be serviceable in yeah. a limited and sheltered down, role. I right? think I think Adam Fox and Mark Stahl have a nice pairing this year. It'll, it'll let Mark Stahl, or Adam Fox kind of just let do out whatever he wants and let Mark Stahl or offensively. stay home. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it should lighten the load on Brady Shea as well, who's uh, obviously... Uh, a solid uh, defenseman, but probably shouldn't have been seen as much ice time as he did last season. Oh, you don't um, want him as your number one? Uh, no, well, I just don't <laughs> want him as my number one power play defenseman, yeah. uh, which was happening a lot last year when it wasn't Tony D. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... They went from having, like, no options for that top power play unit to seemingly having three. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move along here. A guy who's probably value got hurt by his trade. Uh, Colin Miller goes He's from boy. Vegas to Buffalo. Definitely. Second and fifth round pick going from Buffalo to Vegas. Uh, Miller goes from a team where he was um, pretty clearly their best offensive defenseman um, to a team that seemingly has quite a few when you're talking about Rossman Salin, Rossman Salinen. Um, now they've got Brandon Montour as well. Uh, so Colin Miller goes to a pretty crowded uh, blue line in Buffalo. I mean, obviously he was battling with the likes of Shea Theodore in Vegas, but now he's got, you know, I don't think... Um, he's, you know, you can't really bump Rossman Stalin uh, too easily, but I think this is another team that has a surplus of offensive defensemen and a team that can very easily run two uh, defensemen on their top unit. But Colin Miller, guy with an absolute just rocket that we all love, uh, piss a little bit. I shot. think this has got to hurt his value a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it quite obviously does. Um, like you said, before really Shea Theodore emerged as the, you know the clear-cut top defenseman on that team, Miller looked like he was in line to be uh, the best power play option for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, he fired 177 shots uh, a couple of years ago uh, over a full 82 games, had 131 in just 65 last year. Uh, so a guy who definitely not only has a very good shot, but he's very good at uh, finding ways to get it on net as well. Um, but I just don't know if the, the ice time is going to be there. And the of course, him, the power yeah. play time. It's really hard to imagine even if they go to do go to defenseman him uh, leapfrogging over Rista Line yeah. and at least to start on. I that guess top the only unit. thing that he's Dullian's absolutely got going forward. for you on that first unit is just an absolute fucking rock yeah. of a shot. Like, yeah, but I mean Rista Line is nothing to scoff at either. Yeah, he's our boy. For yeah, we got a lot of boys on that team. How many so, times have we dropped it? Yeah, I've given us one. Rista. Sorry. The one thing that is always going to work against Colin Miller is the fact that he's not very good in his own end. So no. he's always going to be kind of limited to these sheltered defensive minutes. And then if he's not playing power play one time, he really has no value at all. But if he gets that PP one time, especially with Darlene and Eichel and Skinner, then, you know, you're looking a little bit better. I don't want to be burned by Buffalo again, but it looks like they have something decent here in the full package. I'm just uh, so reluctant to buy into Carter Hutton as a starting. Oh, well, that's just, yeah, we'll just, yeah. Um, a couple more trades to talk about here. Uh, JT Miller goes from Tampa Bay to Vancouver. Uh, conditional first-round pick, third-round pick going to Tampa Bay, along with Merrick Mazanik, who they did not sign. 
Uh, JT Miller goes from a team that was absolutely loaded, uh, where he was buried on the fourth line, third, fourth line for much of the year, to now going to Vancouver, uh, where he could easily be a top six um, forward. It remains to be seen. Obviously, better it's still be for the extremely, price they paid. Extremely early in the in the preseason here, haven't even got to it. JT Miller. Uh, could play with Bo Horvat on the second line. Could easily play with Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser on the top line. Uh, Michael Furland, who we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, signed with them as well. So, uh, JT Miller, obviously a guy who had some pretty good years in New York. Uh, huge fantasy boost, I would say, for him. Just obviously going from the bottom six to a top six is always going to benefit, uh, you know, boost your value. Uh, do you guys have too much more to add about JT, or should we move on? He's triple position eligibility in Yahoo last year, so it's going to bode well for him nice this year. Again, boosts his value. That's all I got. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen. There, yeah, right? he's not someone I'm looking to roster at the start of the season, no. but should Maybe probably be draft, yeah, yeah, should probably be one of the better streaming options as the season unfolds. Uh, but who knows? He could end up being pretty productive if he if you know Travis Green is a little more uh, concrete with his lines than he was last season. <laughs> he didn't have any wingers really to work with last year. If there was one thing we could bet on through the entire course of the season, it, it was that Vancouver's lines would be different from the game before. Yeah. Uh, no matter if they lost by six, one by six, or anything in between. Um, so yeah, like I, you know, Pedersen and Besser was really the one constant last year. I'd expect that to continue. You'd hope Pedersen sees some more ice time. I think that team will go as far as the two of them will take it. Uh, there really is some upside here with the Canucks if they can get some uh, good goaltending. Uh, and Pedersen and Besser, you know, have career years. We could be looking at uh, a potential fringe playoff team in the West. Uh, I think that's the absolute peak of their potential for this season, though. But I think things are on the up. Uh, even though I didn't love all of their acquisitions this year, I just Quinn Hughes should have a big year for them as right. well. We'll get to him. Yeah, in I just a think, couple episodes when we talk about. Yeah, I just think Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, and Hughes is just a really good starting Absolutely point. Absolutely great core. Yeah, uh, Edler and Stetcher, I think, are two solid, serviceable defensemen on the back end. Time eyes. Uh, yeah, Ty Myers, I mean, nobody loves the price they paid for him, but he's obviously a legitimate top, top four, four defenseman. defenseman. Quinn Hughes should have a good a good year. And exactly. I, I think Jordy Ben Michael Furling's very... good depth. Uh, I still like Sven Barchi a lot. Vertanen is perfect if he can role. play down the role. Adam Goddett seems like he should be serviceable as a third-line center. So there's some reason to like the Canucks yeah, this year. Uh, but like I said, they're only going to go as far as Pedersen and Besser will take them. But who knows? It could be a... They didn't do... The, the contracts they signed... And maybe the, the the amount they gave up for Miller, everything seemed like an overpay for them. Mm-hmm. But they did a perfect job of just nibbling Filling around the gaps. edges and yeah. kind of just identifying their big holes. And they they filled every one of them. Really, yeah. they really did a nice job. They on, knew they knew they needed another top four defenseman. Uh, there wasn't a lot of quality. Even in the Jordy free Ben agent is market. such a good third pairing defenseman. Yeah. I absolutely love that signing. Um, the one thing I want to just note really quick about Jake Stanov too. Sorry, not to cut you off, but it, their top six is just chock full of guys you can eat minutes Absolutely. should they run oh, into yeah. some problems. So um, they could twenty minutes across the board, mm-hmm. all three, mm-hmm. all three pairings. Um, not that it would work out, no. but I'm saying that it, it, those are guys easily. that are capable of handling yes. heavy minutes. Uh, whether they do well or Thirteen not. goals, thirty-four <laughs> assists, forty-seven points in seventy-five games last year, while only averaging fourteen forty per game. Um, this is a guy who had three straight twenty. Plus goal seasons, um, back-to-back 50-point seasons. So if he's in the top six, playing with Pedersen, Horvat doesn't really matter. Uh, a guy that you know could really become serviceable in, in the fantasy realm this year. Uh, Nikita Gusev uh, goes from Vegas to New Jersey. A uh, guy that absolutely torched the KHL last few years. Uh, led the KHL in assists last year. Second and third going to Vegas. Um, I don't, you know, Gusev should have a pretty good year, especially in terms of assists. Uh, I think... 
the the big issue with this trade is the Golden Knights are a team with an absolutely loaded top six, but their big question mark is their bottom six. And they just lost a guy um, that would have filled that role perfectly. Um, but, you know, they got burned by KHLers uh, before, so maybe they weren't <laughs> ready to go down that road again. Uh, the one thing is, every time Gusev picks up a point in New Jersey, people are going to be looking at, oh, shit, wish that was Vegas. Um, moving on, a couple more trades to talk about. We're just going to say winners, losers of these couple next deals. Um, to Philadelphia, Matt Niskanen. To Washington, Radko Gudis. Who wins? Radko Gudis, how Team Washington. How many years are left on Niskanen's contract? One, I think. That's a tough This year. last year? Mm-hmm. I like Washington getting one good or two. I don't, I don't know. I think they basically like the toughness had the same like contract. Yeah. No, I think I think you know that's a nice piece for uh, Niskanen or for or for Philly there. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I, a, the, I think Niskanen has a lot more upside, and he's a lot. Uh, I guess he's a rarer talent. Uh, yeah. But you know, this is just you know what you're getting. It probably fills probably that role. Kill someone out there for you. you get a tiny yeah. I think it's. I think it was just a good fit for both teams. And, yeah, uh, Philly has two years left. Uh, five point seven five cap it, and I know Gudis only has one year. This has oh. got two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, Philadelphia made another trade. Kevin Hayes uh, for a fifth round pick when he was unsigned. Signed Kevin Hayes. Obviously, uh, great uh, trade for them. Fills a big, um, big contract though. Big hole for them, I suppose. Yeah, signed a terrible deal. Do not like the trade at all. But yeah. second line center most likely this year. Uh, allows Nolan Patrick potentially Morgan Frost he makes the team center of the third line um, the biggest part about They're this is, weak. is, 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 no, yeah. is Nolan Patrick obviously playing in, in a role in the bottom six right now where he yeah. needs to be um, I like the I like the move um, for Philadelphia I just don't um, like the contract yeah, I would have liked it for about but two, it, it, two million in terms of fantasy value uh, he was essentially a free agent though and you're always going to have to overpay in free agency yeah. Uh, and it's pro. I mean, it'll depend on his production. Obviously, there's a lot of people. Who, I think they paid for what they're hoping they get out of him, as opposed to what he's done so far, which isn't a, a terrible route to take. For those of you who don't know, seven years, seven point one four million oh. per year, fifty million total. Right. But I mean, it, it, it's it's a contract where you know halfway through that seven point uh, that seven million dollar cap, it isn't going to be as steep or as yeah, exactly. a, as a substantial part of the cap as it is right now. Uh, but that's Just obviously so he can carry, yeah. yeah. He's a young he, coming off he's a twenty six, fifty five points, yeah, uh, age twenty six season anyway. Sorry, coming off a career high fifty five points, uh, career high twenty five goals two seasons ago. Yeah, and I mean Super he, big beauty yeah, and, media, exactly. So. He did well in New York when he was eating minutes for the first half of the season, and he also did well in Winnipeg in a reduced role uh, with more talent around him. Yeah, so he did very well, and you know, yeah. all of a sudden, if Nolan Patrick suddenly takes a big step forward, which we not don't really, happen. yeah, we don't expect it could though, um, with that size. I mean, it, fuck. I'm just He's saying, so if it happens, if it happens, now you've got three really good centers. Uh, I guess the main thing about this is now Claude Drew is officially just a winner. Like, he's never going to have to move to center yeah, ever again. It's great. Um, okay, Colorado, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Andre Burakovsky to the Avalanche for Scott Kosmachuk, a second and a third in 2020. Uh, Burakovsky's a guy we've liked on the show for a very long time. Um, you know, quite a steep price, good return from Washington, but a guy that could really thrive. Uh, never really got the opportunity in Washington. Will get it in Colorado, probably playing with Nazem Kadri. What do you think, Beebs, real quick? Yeah, he's had a 25, 25, 35, and 38-point season. Um, he's capable, you know, I think getting over that 40-point hump. Great no, shot. Uh, potential speed. for 50. Uh, it's going to depend where he ends up in that lineup. But at the same time, I would not be surprised to see him as, uh, you know, their ninth forward, putting up yet again 30 points and not doing a whole lot. Yeah, any winger that's not named Landis Cog or Rantanen hasn't been worth owning in Colorado oh, for the last yeah. three seasons. 
Uh, and it's, you know, so it's hard to imagine Birkowski being no worried. way they don't go rosterable. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be a solid streaming option yeah. on a given yeah. night. He's undrafted for sure. Who yeah. knows? Could potentially rival Kadri for that fourth or that you know that fourth forward spot on the power play. I don't think it'll yeah, happen. Think it will, yeah. um, Not the start of the year. Yeah, and there's I so there's only so much upside you could do with just how them. much they lean on that top unit, but. Who knows? They they could go for a more balance uh, with their lineup this season. They might not go in a Skog McKinnon Rantman off the start, uh, and he would be you know, the chance, first guy yeah. you would think of of jumping up onto that first line, uh, and he could play either wing. So say if Rantman drops down, Orlando Skog drops down, Barakov is the option. So I think there's upside uh, as a streaming option there, but definitely not a guy I'm looking to roster on draft day. And he's a kind of a Windsor alert. He works at Windsor during the summers. Fun fact about Barakovsky. Hmm. Another enough uh, not another not Windsor alert, but another streaming option as we head into the season. Dominic Cahoon mentioned him a little bit earlier. Dom! From Chicago to Pittsburgh. Uh, he came along with a 2019 fifth-round pick to Chicago. Uh, Oli Mata. Cahoon, 13 goals, 24 <clears throat> assists, 37 points in his first career uh, NHL season. Playing a lot of top-line minutes. Yes. Uh, he could, though, definitely fit in with Malkin. Um, Cahoon just got to keep an eye on early in the season. Mata really just can't stay healthy. No offensive uh, upside whatsoever, but solid uh, two-way defenseman for the Blackhawks. Edmonton and Calgary um, trade pieces of shit. James Neal goes to Edmonton. Milan Lucic goes to Calgary. Neal, obviously a guy who had a pretty uh, impressive career, save for the year in Calgary. Uh, if he's a guy that somehow ends up on McDavid's wing, Neal's worth rostering. Um, he's probably a guy that could start there. It could be Trey Seidel, McDavid, Neal. Who knows how it's going to work out. Uh, obviously, pay attention to the preseason with a guy like Neal. Um, but don't buy all in like everybody did with Ty Ratty last year. Just about to say, Ty Ratty. Preseason. So, Neil, obviously a guy worth keeping an eye on. Maybe a late round flyer potentially playing with um, yeah. McDavid. Not so much the real deal, James Neal. And Neil on Lucic is totally That he used to be. Yeah. I, I think Neil's on that first power play either way though, right? With, yeah. Uh, yep. With Nuge, Dreisaitl, McDavid, yep. and uh, the Get Clef back to his Vegas so. days. Uh, yeah. Some upside there. Uh, just being on that power play Vegas unit days. means if you get... They play... I mean, last year anyway. I haven't looked at the schedule, but they play a lot of like off nights. They play a lot of Sunday games as well. Uh, so late week streaming options when you're looking for power play goals, power play points, or Take goals in the last to push you over the edge. He, yeah, they were like straight. Chicago, yeah. where you could just always depend on them yeah. to be there. Even on if, Sunday yeah, even if he's not playing with McDavid at even strength, if he's on that first power play unit, he's a legitimate late week streaming option week in and week out. So uh, yeah, monitors ice time. Getting pretty old, though. All right, the last four oh. trades, I'm just going to rattle them off here. Jimmy Vesey got traded from the Rangers to the Sabres for 2021 oh, third-round pick. Uh, oh, Vesey, probably a third-line winger. Um, you know, second or third-line middle six winger for the Sabres. Guy who should go undrafted, but... Won't be on your roster. Could play yeah. well. Um, you know, change the scenery or something. Adam Fox in two years or three years. How long ago was Vesey signed with all the hype coming out of college? Um, the Leafs and <laughs> Senators, shocker, made another back. trade. Cody Ceci, Ben Harper, to Aaron Luchuk, and 2023rd goes to the Leafs. Wouldn't Connor Brown, Nikita Zaitsev, Michael Carcone uh, goes to the Senators. Michael Carcone sounds like he was in The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not too many fantasy relevant players. Uh, the only thing Big I will role. say is that Connor Big Brown obviously uh, could work his way onto the bottom of your roster because he's going to probably play a massive amount of minutes yeah, in, Matthew in, in Ottawa. In Ottawa. But uh, nothing nothing worth drafting there. Uh, Eric Cowla, who missed a lot of last year, got traded from Vegas to Carolina. Uh, Nicholas Roy and a 2025th round pick uh, conditional in goes Carolina? to Vegas. Um, Carolina? Eric Cowla to Carolina, yeah. Should be. Broke his- Leg. You know, great third line pickup uh, for the Hurricanes. And then Carl Soderberg gets traded from the Avalanche to the 
Coyotes, Kevin Connaughton, and it's 2020 oh, yeah. third round pick to the Avalanche. Um, that'll wrap up our trade. He's not putting up 27 goals again. No. Our trade review. He had 27 goals? Of the you summer. Mentioned. Maybe. Is that a hat trick against the Leafs? Eh? Was it just two goals? No, it was a hat trick. It was a hat trick. He was the better 34 on the ice that night. When we get back, <laughs> we will talk about Artemi Panner and Sergey Bobrovsky, Matthew Shane, Joe Pavelski, Gustav Nyquist, and more. Where do they sign? Fucking what does love it mean? Joe Pavs. What does it mean for their fantasy it's value heads in 2020? See you guys back here in a minute. Episode one of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthiam. Very As a- Roberto Luongo episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations uh, on the Jersey retirement. Absolutely. Uh, as always, we hope you enjoy those sweet, sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Uh, I'm assuming we're still playing their music. <laughs> There's so. no reason not to. Yeah, they've been tearing uh, it up this summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love the guys. Uh, the super proud of them. Feel like we j- just keep growing together. It's a beautiful thing we got going on here. Hand in one, hand. One growing in. A little bit quicker Mike. than the other. But. I don't know. I think they need to start playing our podcast before their concerts. Because it seems a little... Yeah, well, they're getting are in the wait line or whatever. You know, you only need to big fans. Instead of doing chick, chick, chick. It's just like our podcast that they just play. People go, exactly. yeah, I'm definitely picking this guy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what are we doing now? We're going to talk about some free agent signings. Yeah, uh, our Tammy Panarin. Start with him. Sure. Seven sure. years, $11.643 million. Uh, highest paid free agent this offseason. Signs with the Rangers, like sure. we said earlier. Um, since Panarin broke into the league, 77 points, 74 Gross. points, Gross. both with Chicago. 82 points, 87 points with the Blue Jackets. Seemingly just gets better every single year. But only last uh, two years. 30, 31, 27, 28 in terms of goals. Guy is the model of consistency. Uh, heading to the Rangers probably going to be the worst team that he's played on uh, to date, but we all thought his numbers were going to drop off when he moved away from Patrick Kane. Never happened. They actually got better going to the Rangers. I think that, yeah. I mean, it's really he hard to see. Game and just... Yeah, it's really hard to see him improving on 87 points, but I think that he could, like, I don't really know if this guy's going to get to 90 this year, uh, but I think, like, you know, 85 is very, very reasonable. Like he, I had exactly that written. Um, I said 90 is obtainable but i don't see it happening but again i see him sitting right in the middle yeah i'd like to see his shot totals go up this year i think it'll happen he finished with 100 and uh what was it? 191 last year 228 the year before great. that that's his career high um so yeah i don't think he needs to be as big of a facilitator on this team as he has been in the past uh but obviously that's his strength uh you know a very strong shooting percentage career 14.2 so if he can get that shot totals up 
uh, something maybe around the mid 200s. Zabana uh, Jad's gonna be a yeah. phenomenal set. I think you could definitely be looking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boost Zabana Jad's value even more than it. Like it skyrocketed last year, and like Zabana Jad's fucking legit. Super. And now legit. you get Panarin on your wing. Like look, he's gonna. I think Zabana Jad's gonna have a yeah. phenomenal year. Um, daily faceoff projections will be uh, releasing. You know the coming weeks, uh, days, and weeks. Uh, Panarin right now, language. thirty-one goals, fifty-four assists for an eighty-five point season is what I have him pegged at right now. Two hundred and sixteen shots. Um, but Zabanjad, yeah, this is a guy. Uh, like we're, we all kind of are in agreement that Panarin's numbers probably aren't going to improve that much, which is fine. Eighty-five points, nothing to it. be upset about. But Zabanjad, obviously, if he centers uh, that line, like look out. And there's no reason to expect anybody else because their second line center is. Yeah, I just so. yeah. My only thing was Zabanjad. I was expecting a little bit of regression this year. He's a little bit fortunate last year with the shooting percentage and on ice. Right. Uh, I, yeah, like he had a career year. Uh, everything breaking. His I just way. don't think like I don't think I, I think it mitigates that. That's and exactly what I was. He say. probably you know can threaten a legitimate point. You can per literally game expect him to be a 30-40 guy this year. Which exactly. Yeah. If they don't sign Panarin, you're probably looking at a sixty-point guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was some fallback to be had there, and I think Panarin should definitely help keep that on ice shooting percentage up. Uh, obviously, uh, and if you know, it really I, I, the biggest room for improvement here, uh, if you're Zibanejad, right, uh, is on the power play, and I, I think there's a real chance for that to happen here. Again, that was where we thought some of the drop off might be. Had a career high twenty-three power play points last year. Uh, you know, you could make an argument that he could actually top that now yep. with Panner in there. Well, it, really, his numbers weren't that outlandish. Shot 12.7%. And Truba, like we said before. but 12.7%, which is a little bit higher than his career average, but the exact same he shot his first or second year with New York. On ice shooting percentage was 9.9%. Uh, a little inflated, nothing too insane. Well, it wasn't It, was it was crazy to see him from going in New York with the talent he had around him, right? right. For the 9.9. Oh, and now, now that's obviously, Panarin. if yeah. you spent a full season alongside Panarin, which... Uh, who knows? Like, Zibanejad and Kreider were amazing last yeah. year. Yeah, like a uh, 9.9 is, you know, can't maintain that with Chris Kreider. Yeah. You can maintain Kreider that Kreider, too, is another guy we're not mentioning who is going to go up here. I, I do. Uh, well, the that. thing about yeah. Kreider is... I in an ideal world, did. they play Panarin on the right, right. side. Exactly. And it's Kreider, Zibanejad. Uh, I'd be all in on that line night in yeah. and night out. I hope they 100%. do it, but I don't but know if they will. It all depends. We'll have to see. You could see Kako there, too. That's what I was just going to say. That would be electric, too. So... Uh, yeah, Buchnevich, obviously Absolutely a guy who can fill in there. Uh, Strom can play the right wing as well if they decide to move him away from the middle, but there's not a lot they of depth have a lot down of the middle. Yet, so. uh, yeah, I just don't love a world where you're forced to play Ryan Strom as your second-line center. Uh, but who knows? Philip Heidel, as we uh, apparently... It's it pronounced starts, with yeah. a C, guys. Philip Heidel, you got Rhett Howden. Yahoo. Yeah, he starts Leah with Leah Sanderson. They've got some decent young centers, but they just need to take that step forward. Uh, yeah, even if, they, if they do, like if Heidel yeah. turns into a second-line center this year, the Rangers are legit playoff. Even Emesnikov's a guy you can get away with playing down the middle. Uh, yeah, down I the don't think he's played lineup. in the middle at all in New York yet, but he's a guy that has played there. Yeah, uh, didn't have before. to last year, but there's obviously uh, not a lot of depth there right now. So, uh, Fellow... Former Columbus Blue Jacket Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, there was a lot of talk that they were going to go um, to the same team this offseason, but Bobrovsky ends up signing a seven-year, ten million, like ten ten million AAV. So seven years, seventy million dollar deal with the Florida Panthers. Um, this is a guy who was bit by uh, the injury bug for a long stretch of time. Uh, but in the last three years, that started groin. 63, 65, and 61 games um, after not starting 60 games uh, for the first five years of his career. 
Um, he's put it together. Big deal, but this is a guy who is now 30 years old, so he signed until he's 37. Might regret that one a little bit down the line. Oh, that's next, crazy. Yeah, but for the next But they just saw Lou years, just beat the aging curve yeah. until he was like, what, 40, it's right? New so. York water and those subways and shit. Uh, but over the last few years, while he's starting 60-plus <laughs> games, so right. um, Bobrovsky had a 235 uh, goals against average and 922 save percentage. One of the best goalies in the league. And this is a team that also improved uh, this offseason. Uh, you know, some more minor signings, but they're a team that had a pretty loaded top six to begin with. So, if, you know, improving their, their bottom six helps and then getting an elite goaltender like Bobrovsky should help uh, a bunch. What does this do to the Panthers? Are the Panthers a playoff team now? We, uh, thought they were, we thought they might yeah. have been. You're asking year, the wrong right? guys because we love them last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Same page. They just kind of dropped the bo- or dropped the ball defensively, which hopefully uh, Quenville can come correct. Right. Yeah. Um, Another big offseason signing for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, Actually, underratedly huge though. Massive. Something that. Yeah. I mean, I still love their top six. Not to chirp our boy Boogie, but yeah. Uh, I think their depth is really good. I think their top nine is really strong. Uh, you're looking at a fourth line with Colton. Uh, why did I start with him? How do you say the last name? Sevier? Sevier. I, I, I never know. That's where you started. I know, right? I was leaning left to right. Uh, Achari uh, and Dennis Malgan, right? Like th- That's your fourth line. They're it's complete, only, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, Malgan was a guy that was bouncing around the top six for most of, most of last year. Um, Bertrano Borgstrom, Connolly filling out the rest of they the, need the bottom six. Nice most likely. Here. Yeah, we'll see what Tippett does uh, out, if out he of makes the gate. Team, yeah. Yeah. He's got to make the team. I think he obviously yeah, will. I think he will. Uh, middle he's, six he's winger. He's got the size to hold it. I think Connolly's one of the most underrated wingers in the NHL, too. That was a nice signing for them. Like yeah, and he could potentially slide in that top six as well, right? With uh, Trocek and Hoffman if they do decide to do that. Uh, they bounced Dadanov up and down or between the top six last year. Uh, but it's really hard to say what they're going to do based on what they did last year because it's a new head coach, yeah. right? So Good looking squad on paper, though. I it's nice. You know, yeah, I, another one of their nice signings, uh, value signing, Anton Strahlman, uh, should help. Yeah, should eat some th- that top four. Exactly. Yeah, they were, they were missing that fourth defenseman last yeah. year. And Strahlman, he's fine. If there's He'll one team that's made the kind of little moves that you don't hear about that are going to go far, I think Florida's one of those teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were yeah. another team that was. They were like kind of like we just talked about with Vancouver. They did a really nice job just filling, filling holes, filling holes, yeah. and and Bobrovsky yeah. obviously filled a major need, obviously especially with yeah, it's the e- I, go, yeah. I, I think it's easy to look at Bobrovsky's year, uh, you know, age thirty season, and all of a sudden he puts up a pedestrian save percentage, uh, and it is worrisome. But we know how difficult of a time he had with the uh, changes to the equipment. Uh, early in the season, the, the smaller equipment, he was, you know, very vocal uh, about, how, you know, how much that was uh, messing with his game early on, and I, I think you really saw him uh, rebounding and kind of get used to it towards the end of the season, especially in the playoffs uh, in that first round. Um, so obviously, I think the upside's still there. Uh, the inconsistency last year, I think, should be a bit of a concern for the Panthers. Uh, and you know, there's really no fail safe there. If he does start to struggle, Samuel yeah, not. I don't okay. think any of us are expecting uh, him to challenge Bobrovsky in any sort of way. Uh, so if Bob, you know, if his consistency isn't as strong, you know, like it was last season, uh, it's going to be hard uh, for the Panthers to really make a serious run of the playoffs, given their division uh, and how to- top heavy it is. Uh, but there's obviously a lot of talent here, and you know, there's definitely reason to believe that they could do it. Uh, and having Joel Coinville behind the bench, you know, might be the best change of all. Yep. Yeah. Down Sorry, Books. Bobrovsky's one of those guys where it's ridiculous to say it, but he's he's great one year, he's terrible the next year, he's great one year, terrible the next. So I mean, 
just the way it works, he has to be great next year, right? That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of it's worth mentioning after February first last year, Bobrovsky was eighteen and eight with a nine thirty save percentage. So, and he obviously carried that into the playoffs. So yeah, like Bobrovsky a lot. I think that he's a guy that can easily win thirty five games. Uh, and for the Panthers, you know, they got to just find a way to win ten more games, and they're and they're a playoff team. Uh, Matt Duchesne, seven years, eight million per to the Predators. Duchesne's a guy that kind of has bounced around a lot uh, over the last few years, but finds a home in uh, Nashville, second-line center now behind Ryan Johansson. Uh, he had 70 points last year, 31 goals, 39 assists. Uh, ties his career high for 70 points uh, with his 2014 season. What do you guys think that Duchesne brings to the table? Um, Beebs, we'll start with you. Obviously, you're a resident Avalanche fan here, so yeah. what do you got about Duchesne? And I got to fall in love and then fall in hate with Duchesne. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, for me, it's, it, there's a, there's finally a, a pure goal scorer in Nashville, it seems like. But we've said that. They got three guys that can very reasonably score 30 this year. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, But at the same time, I can almost put money down that out of the three, neither of them will score 30. But if there is one that can, um, Duchesne is the highest potential in my in my uh, my eyes. I think it was a good signing. Doesn't necessarily hurt his fantasy value too much because, as you mentioned, he does now have those three scores around him. Um, but I did say that we can expect a little bit of a regression last year. We were at the point where guy he was going undrafted last year. I picked him up um, at a free agency. He was like one. Of, he was my biggest. Like he was one of my top sleepers last year, and it worked out perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, and it was a guy that I I know in two or three leagues. I, I think I grabbed him with literally my last pick because yeah. it's like, well, it's Matt it's Duchesne. I cannot let this guy go through a draft. Um, someone who's going to be, I think, drafted higher than he should be this year. Um, so kind of keep an eye on that as people yeah. are very, you know, they like to think about Reece, just he, last year. He also bias. had one of the yeah. coolest goals of the season, that overtime winner that he batted out of the air, Super backhanded cool. from like yeah. 20 feet. And like one of Talk the coolest cheese. videos of him singing, yeah. you know, stuff to his baby. Which, by the way, if you're, yeah. if you're ever wondering Super what a, an inflated shooting percentage looks like, it's definitely batting it in out of midair from, That'll help. from the dog. Definitely yeah. help. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just for this guy, I, I kind of expect a season much like last year. You know, a 70-point year. It's not great. It's not bad. Honestly, what this team just needs, it doesn't even matter players. about adding Matt Duchesne or not. Like, yeah. this team just needs to score in the power play. Like, yeah, for, they can, can it just happen eventually? I, Matt Duchesne will help a little bit, but he's never been a curse. guy that's yeah. been, like, amazing on the power play either. But um, I think the biggest concern um, for him is they don't have, like, the greatest wingers outside of Forsberg and Arvidsson. Uh, but, you know, Mikel Gramlin was rock solid in Nashville last year. Kyle Turris might shift to the wing now. Yeah. Uh, that makes up a pretty solid second line if that's what ends up happening. Yeah. I think Duchesne Gramlin is almost a lock. Um, I don't think it hurts his value too much. Yeah. I just think there is going to be some regression. I don't think he gets to 70. But this is a guy that's, you know, he's, he's a, probably a 25-35 guy next year with 30 goals. Yeah. Uh, Tom Duchesne, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's absolutely no reason, obviously, for the Predators to have the dead rank, or dead last ranked power play in the league as they did last season. Uh, and it was, you know, pretty much a joke how ineffective that unit was. Uh, so but when you bad. watch the game, a lot of it comes down, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if it comes down to coaching, but definitely the game plan and, and how they orchestrated it. Uh, if you watch the best power plays in the NHL, what makes them so effective is their ability to go uh, through the scene, the middle of the ice from side to side and really get the goaltender moving. Uh, and the Predators just never seem to do that. Uh, and a lot of it comes to having uh, two defensemen on the, it's always on the, the power top. play. It's always yeah. at the top. 
Exactly. They're always going um, from the yeah. They're never cutting out the middleman, right? So it always gives the goaltender more room to move, uh, and it's just more difficult to beat them that way. Um, so hopefully, you know, they can, they can address those issues this season. Uh, and obviously, we saw how good the the Senators were with the man advantage last year, uh, despite how terrible they were in every other area. And Duchesne was a big part of that. So funny. I just went on daily face off to see what I had put down about their power play this year i have douching on no unit right now so <laughs> let me go ahead and quickly edit that while we talk about joe pavelski three years seven million per going to dallas absolutely love joe pavelski i think all of us do yep. uh really gonna be just so <laughs> fucked up to see him not wearing a sharks uniform number 16 in dallas that's just gonna look yeah. totally whack shoulder's gonna be a little light this year without that c hang but uh there. we're gonna obviously I think Joe Pavelski is a guy that could play with Segan and Ben. Um, Radulov has obviously been Hopefully there for Segan many years. Hopefully Segan and Radulov. Um, it could great. be Segan, Radulov, and Pavelski. They're very thin in terms of wingers. Uh, but they signed Pavelski and Perry. Uh, Perry, you know, could experience a Couple bit of a resurgence. But uh, highly yeah, a solid pickup. Yeah, no, great. For, for, the, the price. Yeah. for the price they pay, absolutely. He's I thought he was the best, like... Uh, signing of the offseason. I, I thought he was, yeah, well, I thought he was the best bottom six player available. Uh, and I know the Leafs are really interested in him as well. They, uh, you know, they settled for basically going with Spezza at the minimum. Uh, that's a, that was essentially their offer for Perry as well. And I think the, the Stars beat it by like five hundred thousand or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Perry a, a lot in that bottom six. And you obviously know that's a guy who uh, can play uh, top six minutes in a pinch. Um, but yeah, I think Pavelski is obviously a guy who's due for regression. Uh, I think his power play production is going to take a hit. He shot 20.2% last year. Um, he shot over, it was the third time he shot over 15% in his career. Uh, so, you know, he's obviously capable of doing it, but you'd never want to bet on a guy repeating those sort of numbers. Especially at 35. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I think we were pretty fortunate to see him return to that to that kind of production last year. Yeah. Uh, I think if he stayed in San Jose, he'd be looking at taking a hit in his production. I don't think the move to Dallas really helps him at all. Uh, although he's definitely still going to be a rosterable player, uh, you're just really not going to want to reach for him too early. I, I think I'd be expecting more along the lines of 30-30 production as opposed to what he turned in last year. Yeah, I so go back to my projections for a little bit here. I think we're obviously going to see uh, Pavelski take a hit in terms of... Uh, in terms of goal production, but I think his assist is going to take boot, uh, you know a bounce back. I mean to go from thirty nine or forty to thirty nine to forty four to twenty six. Uh, now moving to Dallas with a pretty quality team, I think that Pavelski's assist will take a nice bounce back, but definitely not a thirty eight goal scorer this year. Uh, I got Pavelski right now at twenty seven goals, thirty six assists, so pretty reasonable. Uh, thirty six, sixty three points. Uh, all right, let's move along really quick now. Let's go to Gustav Nyquist, four times five point five. He was a bit of a you know. Bottom of your roster, guys. We're not going to go too in depth here for a bit, but four four times five point five, pretty reasonable contract for yeah. guys. Uh, he's been a pretty consistent producer, but never really anything crazy. Um, Should be fan. I I think bottom of your roster fantasy relevant. Yeah, just and so I think the one thing that's really key for a guy like Nyquist is all of a sudden now this is a this is a Columbus team that's looking extremely thin. Yeah, and Nyquist and they is still have pieces. I yeah, mean, oh for sure. Like, but Nyquist is a guy that could play with Cam Atkinson. Now you got a quality yeah. playmaker with one of the league's better goal Pierre scorers. Dubois, who's a, one of the, pre- yeah. the league's premier. If he ends up on the first line, I mean, it could be Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, Dubois. However, it works out. But Nyquist is a top six guy on this team for sure. And, I don't uh, think you put him on the banger line with uh, Anderson. No, uh, no, no, no. He's not much, of, not much of a banger. Yeah. Um, but I think Nyquist obviously has a pretty quality season. It's like kind of he always does, but nothing too crazy. He doesn't explode. He doesn't, 
you know, completely fall off the map. He'll be, you know, middle bo- towards the bottom of your roster guy, totally fine. Does Connor, he seem like a guy that Torts is going to love, though? No. All right. Just thought we should mention that. Yeah, might be on the fourth line by game two. <laughs> I think might be healthy by game five. He'll be fine with Torts, I think. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. not yeah. a guy with drafts uh, or roster come draft day, but uh, Oliver Bjorkstan, I think, got some sneaky value this year. I could definitely keep an eye see on him camp for sure. Creeping up into Josh those. Anderson, too, is just such a stud. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to just keep getting I mean, we've seen year. what Anderson can do with that kind of ice time, though. Bjorkstan kind of flashed that last season. Oh, Bjorkstan's oh, uh, you know, a guy we're going to talk does about. does love Bjorks. So we're going to talk about Bjorkstan probably 97 Bjorks. times on the podcast yeah. this year. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think there's some sneaky value there. So something worth monitoring uh i definitely can see nyquist getting scratched before uh the calendar turns in january so that'll be interesting to watch. coming off a career high 60 points 22 goals mm-hmm. 38 assists over under Full prediction over one. under one game scratch before december one hits brock under it's not getting scratched. you're saying he's not in d saying he is i'm going on the side of he gets at least scratched healthy cleaned at least once <laughs> we talked- probably been three by then <laughs> it's not gonna be healthy because towards gonna clean his clock yeah absolutely we talked about Tyler Myers five times six uh, with Vancouver. It's fine. Uh, Matt Zuccarello goes five times six to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's all Ooh. of a sudden a team that just does not look so good. I know, old. I know, Biebs, you're, uh, you're happy about Minnesota not looking very oh, good. it sucks. They suck, man. Uh, but Zuccarello is a, one of the most consistent uh, players throughout the years. A guy that could uh, have a pretty good year in yeah. Minnesota. Years is gonna... the key. What is he, like 33? No, 30, yeah, 31. 30. 31. But, so uh, taking come, him through his age 30 what season? It was, sorry, he was uh, he signed a five-year deal, so he will be he's about to be 32, so he'll be yeah. signed through 37. It's a terrible deal. Um, <laughs> not great, but he's a guy who can put up a ton of assists. Um, I think Zuccarello now though kind of goes towards a guy that you know you take in the middle of your roster towards kind of the middle to your bottom. Yeah. But he's a guy who's probably still going to put up 40 assists this year. No goal production, but but he's you know, someone who was he helps out he helps out your uh, Jason Zuckers, he helps out your Eric Stahl, your Zach Grises, uh, but nothing to really write home about. Let's talk about a couple goalies really quick before we head out. Robin Lehner, somehow for whatever reason, the Islanders didn't want to bring him back, so he goes one year, five million dollars to the Blackhawks. Uh, very interesting signing. I think it really showcases uh, just how unhealthy Corey Crawford is at this point. <laughs> His brain is pretty scrambled, scrambly eggs here. But Which uh, nothing but the best. But Robin Lehner, uh, probably a guy who starts a little bit, uh, a little bit more than Crawford, I would assume, coming you off know. a phenomenal year. Uh, but I mean, if Crawford comes into camp healthy, Crawford's probably the better goalie, right? You have, if he's healthy, you got to assume like a Crawford I don't know about is anymore. But like I'm saying, who you're you, saying 100% Crawford. 100% Crawford, I I would take 100%, Crawford 100% Crawford. Would we say 100% mentally good Leonard? Because I think 100% Leonard's a 9.30 goalie. Not really, but a 9.20 at least. I just, I just I don't... think Crawford sucks. I think the Blackhawks just are not a very strong defensive oh, team yeah, at all. And Leonard is going to go from literally, like, arguably the, the best defensive team in hockey last year somehow to a not good defensive team. But he team. did Lehner's do it in Buffalo years before with yeah. just He did ass, okay. With Risto giving him He did okay, meatballs. but now we're, talk, we're talking about a 100% Crawford yeah. who is legit. We talked about it last year, arguably the best fantasy goalie there is. I, I for think, years. I think the Blackhawks, I, I honestly love this move. I, I think they knew they couldn't rely on Crawford. Uh, even if he was healthy to, you know, set out with the mindset that oh, he was going to play 50, 60 games, it probably just wasn't responsible to even uh, put that workload on him, even if, you know, his health didn't waver. Uh, so they went out and got really the best timeshare goal yeah. you could possibly imagine. Uh, Robin Lehner, I think he played in even 41 games in the regular season last year. 43. 
43. So, yeah, basically a split down the middle between him and Grice. Because uh, Trotz is a guy. He had two years of above 920 yeah. in Buffalo, though. Which but let's not team. underestimate, you know, the difference between playing every other, other, other night and playing every other night, yeah. right? Like, that, you know, getting that sort of relief for a goaltender is huge. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helped Lehner put up the numbers it's that he help, did, and it helped Grice help. put up the numbers that he did. It's going to help And I think they're both going to be really effective. Uh, but I think if you have either or, you might be needing at least three, and you might be needing four goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if they start. If they both start forty one, if they both start forty one, they probably both win twenty. Yeah, and you better. Hope, you and better they both give you, you probably have, a nine twenty uh, if they're yeah. healthy, right? So yeah. I, 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 it's I think a great the, move for yeah. Chicago. I, I think yeah. it was dumb. I, like I think it was dumb. Yeah, from I, the I, Islanders' perspective. Yeah. I like yeah. the Blackhawks a lot this like, year. Uh, so let's talk about the, who the Islanders signed. The Islanders signed instead of signing Laner, they signed Semyon Varlamov four times five. Varlamov is not as good of a goalie as. Laner, which depends. I mean, but all of a sudden, Varlamov goes to say, the yeah, best yeah. defensive. I still can't get over the fact that the Islanders went from the worst defensive team in hockey to hiring Trotz and then becoming the best defensive team in hockey. And maybe Varlamov has a career year. Right. I mean, but the, he also had two goalies that turned in a nine thirty. So I'm I'm not sure where the cause and effect is quite falling yet. I think I think like you. I think it's a little bit inflated based on what those two did last year, but. I think you could reasonably expect Varlamov to come in and, and put up a 920. He's had a 925 five years in his career. That's yeah. not bad. That's five years of 920 plus. That's he, amazing. Talking now about, that I'm we talk about it every every year, That's I think. Unbelievable. He's a guy that just goes, good, you're bad. You're good, you're bad. You're good every year. And then so last <laughs> year, 909. This year, he's turning a 930 for fun. Yep. He's going to have a great year just for no reason. But he's only going to play 40 games because Grace is just going to keep starting 40 for the Islanders until the end of time. Counterpoint, the Islanders are going to suck this year. Yeah. yeah, they definitely got worse. <laughs> but they got worse last year. But they year. weren't good last yeah, year, and they and were they still good. Better. So, yeah, because they move. had two goalies that gave them 930 save no, percent. It's going to happen again. It's trots. No, you keep getting worse, it's and not. you get better in the same It's really That's not. how it works. No. But worse on paper. They're definitely not a playoff team this year. And don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm going no. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything to I add know, yeah. on any of these guys? Pipe in. I'm just going to rattle off their contracts really quick, and we'll head out of here Shoot. with some blue stones. Marcus Johansson. Two years, four point five million per year with the Sabers. Brett Connolly already talked about him. Four years, three point five million per with the Panthers. Great signing. Michael Furlan talked about him. Four years, three point five with the Canucks. Phenomenal money. Ryan Dezingle, three years, three point three seven five million with the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Cam Talbot, Good one money. year, two point seven five with the Flames. Mike Smith, one year, two million with He's the Oilers. They basically yep. they basically Good swap, switched boys. goalies. Good swap. Richard, so it was James Neal and. Uh, Mike Smith for Cam Talbot and Milan Lucic. I'm going to trade you I these mean, fossils for these fossils. It's the most like 2012 They're both terrible. <laughs> you can pick one. And that's how the trade went. When the Milan, Lu- the most 2012 when the Milan Lucic for James Neal trade happened, some guy tweeted at me. He's just like, this is like just trading two pieces of human feces. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right. One a little bit bigger and hits a little harder. Than uh, Richard Ponick. <laughs> Four years, two point seven mi- feces. Two point seven five million to the Capitals. Basically, just replaces Brent Connolly on the third line. Kevin Shattenkirk was bought out by the Rangers. Signs a one year, one point seven five contract with the Lightning. That's pretty interesting. Speaking of Shattenkirk, uh, Shattenkirk's got to be yeah pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty annoying to see these moves that uh, the league pretty and NBA players have just allowed the Tampa Bay Lightning to make. It's unbelievable. Pretty yeah. NBA. I was like, oh, let's sign, let's sign him. Uh, the Lightning got him for that cheap. That sucks. Mm-hmm. And last night we talked about him briefly. One year, one point five million dollars for Corey Perry. Um, I oh, hope big. you guys enjoyed 
Season 5, Episode 1. I don't know how the fuck we made it to five seasons, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, why'd you guys let this happen? Just this, a couple more years and the movie's coming. Yeah. Obviously, there wasn't a whole lot of real juicy, in-depth fantasy analysis on this yeah. episode, but that Still is all Still a pretty juicy app nonetheless, yeah. though. All yeah. to come in coming episodes, in coming weeks as we lead up to the season. As always, we are going to have a rookie episode. We're going to have a bust rookie yeah breakout episode then we're going to preview every position with our top tens uh from each position our breakouts and busts from those positions that that alone yeah. is, is six episodes or five episodes sorry uh we'll do a little bit more when it comes to uh the mock drafts all sorts of stuff so in the next month and a half we're just going to be turning out episode after episode and a reminder uh, we're always on twitter too just to help you guys out um that's another thing that yeah, dfo podcast and that's what i was just going to say yeah. reach out to at dfo podcast um you know especially for people that have been listening for years now that we have separate and accounts there's too. something that you guys want to know about um ahead of your draft feel free to reach out we always like to answer questions or you know respond to your guys segment suggestions on the show uh all feedback is always welcome so and remember the more the better it never hurts to give us the most context so that we can kind of yeah. you know context break, is king as we say yeah, break it down for you but it, i hope you guys it. enjoyed season five at you wine enjoy the blue stones more we'll see you guys back here next week i'm brock segan we got michael beeps bonnie and dylan d birth human see you Woo! back here next week oh it feels so good peace baby be my fire to the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 